Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Hi, welcome to our podcast. Um, Alex, it seems like a lot of people are in the muck and mire right now. And yes. they're just slogging through life, relationships, all kinds of things, right? It seems like a sharp period for a lot of people. The yeah. more conversations I have with friends and strangers alike, I hear that it's just soul tension up the wazoo, and I don't like it. I mean, I've been experiencing it on a personal level, but it seems far more common than I find appropriate. Yeah. And and yet mud can be a really fertile soil for something to grow in, right? So yeah. there's an opportunity uh, when we're in the muck and the mire um, to grow. And, you know, I've got a friend um, that I've been walking with for a while, and I've been praying for a whole month a, a, a certain section of Scripture for him. And um, is it me? Am I the friend? Because um, well, you mentioned this earlier. We're we're gonna keep keep names out of this, but we've been praying just because I wanted to have a conversation um, about that. And it's so funny because this friend of mine actually mentioned this passage um, the other day and uh, asked me a very powerful question about it. And so um, maybe we can get into the muck and mire and see if we can find some beauty. It was me, Craig. And some fruitfulness. Cats out of the bag. That comes from this. So let's have some fun and discuss a very interesting passage. that Some people might hear what we're going to read and they go, oh, okay, I know that. And I don't think that's going to help me with my 401k or the down market or getting my kids to obey. Let's hang with it, right? Relevance in a couple of minutes, because I think this passage can touch at every important touch point in our life. And so, uh, Sounds great. Maybe you can read the passage for us and we can explore together. So we're in uh, Mark 4, uh, verse 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, and it produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus then goes on in verse 13 to better explain uh, to his audience, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away, and others are the ones sown among thorns. 
They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and proves it unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and hundredfold. So cool. What do you think the first question is that comes to someone's mind when they hear this? Which seed am I? And why why is that the first question that will come in our mind? Well, we self-insert into any story we hear and we want to figure out who we are in that story. It doesn't matter. And that's why parables are so powerful. It's much more impactful to learn through a story and a biography than it is to pick up a lifeless history text or hear expositional writing and say, well, these are all the ways that you can go wrong. And it's brilliantly done to have everything in story form and biographical form. And and if the skeptic is listening, saying, why should I care? This is ridiculous. We have an agricultural analogy about seed and where it's falling. And Jesus is saying this, and you're saying, I need to be concerned with what what kind of ground I am, what kind of soil I am, What? why does this matter? Well, this will resonate with some and not with others, and that's precisely why he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Is that not the case? Is it, is it partly then indicting to us if we don't really care about this passage? Does that Does that automatically mean we're on a path, on this path? I All mean, of us are on some sort of path, are we no, not? No, this path, the, the the seed that fell on the path that Satan snatched up. It didn't even have a chance. That seed didn't even have a chance. And this passage, if someone discounts this before they even start exploring it. They might be a path person. Right. I'm wondering if even, even our initial response to this text can somehow give us an indication of, of the soil we're working with in our heart. Do you have a different question than... My question of which seed am I when you experience this? No, that was that was the first one that came to my mind. Um, and I guess I'm trying to explore that, saying that is so fascinating. Because I agree with you. We do. We think of ourselves. Yeah, Jesus wanted us to do this. He wanted us to hear this passage and say, put yourself here. Ask yourself this question. Who are you? And maybe secondarily, who do you want to be? And that's it. That was that was the question I asked you on Friday. Like I said, it was me who asked you. <laughs> Doesn't have to be an anonymous stranger. <laughs> I said, "Can Jesus move the seeds?" And you said, "Yes." And it like I almost I got like teary-eyed in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, you asked me, "Can Je- can Jesus change my soil?" Yeah. That's what you asked. And that's you think he can? Yeah. But I just needed to hear it. It was odd because I've been listening to random books in the Bible, which is not something that I used to do at all. I just put them on my Bluetooth speaker as I'm at home. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to check out the book of Mark. And then I heard this and it made me think of, 
my small group Matthew study, but I'm like, I'm just going to stick in Mark here. And it just got me thinking. It got the wheels moving, and I knew that I had to ask you about it because as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, gosh, am I in the thorns? And I was very hard on myself, as most people can be, but I was so blessed when I asked you that question, said, can Jesus change the soil? Yes. Can our seeds change location? And you said, yes. Now, let's take a step back and say, I think that was a beautiful question, maybe even better than you thought. Why is that question that you asked such a beautiful question? Can Jesus change my soil? Why do you think it's so beautiful? <laughs> you were the you were on the business end of the question, so I'm gonna go hot potato and give it back to you. All right. Let's let's follow the normal line of thinking. Okay. Most people pick this up and read it. If there's any interest whatsoever, they ask themselves what what soil am I? You know, am I the rocky ground that Satan has just snatched up the seed, never had a chance? Uh, is it the thorns? Um, is it something that um, fell along along the path? What, which, which ones are those? You know, who am I? This is a little parenthetical statement. Um, we need to realize that these three things, although in agriculture they have a description um, that's very negative, a path, a rocky place, or thorns, though it's not going to feel like that. Um, if, if the first one was Satan snatching up the seed that fell upon the path, guess what? He's going to make that path look as appealing as possible. This isn't a path littered with homeless people and drug addicts, this is a path of probably a beautiful, successful people that's like, oh, look at that. That's the path that pa- Satan wants to present, where the seed takes no root whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we need to just keep that in the back of our mind. All right, so we say, what what seed are we? Typically, the next question people would probably ask is, what do I need to do to change my location? Mm-hmm. Right. What do I need to do? All right, let's look at the problem. What were the problems listed here? Uh, well, well, deceitfulness of wealth, worries of life, joy, something, uh, joylessness, something took root. We just wanted an emotional experience with Jesus. That's all we wanted when once the emotional high went away, so did Jesus. We, we got rid of him, right? Mm-hmm. And so your question of can Jesus change my soil is incredibly deep and important because we realize it's not just how we are moving through life. It's how Jesus is moving our soil around. What, what, is, he, what is he doing? What, he's, he's the acting agent. Are we contributing? Absolutely. Are we Sometimes throwing ourselves onto the path of the rocky place of the thorns? Yes. But your question of how, can Jesus change my soil recognizes that he is the acting agent. He's the only one that can really change the soil. Okay, so that question came across to you as above my pay grade, so we know that the Holy Spirit's in there. I like that. I, 
I just believe that anytime we have an insight, we're drawn. I love the fact oh, who binge who binge listens is to Mark. I love that. You know, I, I hear so many people each week. Oh, have you seen this show? Have you? Oh, I binge watch this. Binge watch. Okay, fantastic. Good for you. I in hearing someone say, "Yeah, I binge listened to to the Book of Mark." <laughs> I love that. How beautiful is that? That's that's not an Alex thing to me. That's a Holy Spirit thing. And, yeah, um, that's fun because he's the one that plants those those little thoughts and motions in our heart saying, hey, why don't you do this? This would be a great idea. So what do we do with this? How do we allow Jesus to change our soil? Where do we go from there? We've self-identified ourselves in either a path where we want to have nothing to do with it, and we probably would have already turned the podcast off or not even embraced it in the first place. Totally. Or the rocky places or the thorns. Um, what does it look like? What is the journey for Jesus to change our soil? That's a phenomenal question. That is a phenomenal question. I, I'm still learning. I'm still learning what it looks like to go with the spiritual movements and not fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this will help us. Maybe once we hear a good description of the good soil, um, maybe we can uh, start putting some pieces together in terms of how Jesus orchestrates uh, our soil transfer, right? Yeah. Bringing in new soil. It's interesting because if you dig a little bit into this, passage, and not just this one, because there's another passage in Matthew and one in Luke. Same thing. But the good soil is described in different ways in each of those Gospels. Fascinating. Okay? So in Matthew, you have good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it. Understands it. Okay, understand it. And in the original language, this word for understanding is is to put things together, to comprehend, to make sense of something, to have the pieces of a puzzle come together and go, ah, it's the light bulb. It's you, You're just not hearing the Bible, but it's like, oh, okay, it's crystallizing. It's it's There's this understanding that starts happening in our hearts, our minds. You asked me a question even before we started to record, is, is there such a thing as Christian enlightenment? Yeah. It's a beautiful question. Paul talks about that. Yes. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the fullness of Jesus, the fullness of his love. So that is super cool. Okay, so that's in Matthew. Uh, if, we, if we drop over to Luke, um, Luke, good soil is described those who hear the word and hold it fast. They, they hold on to it tightly. So they've heard the message of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for them, and they've held it, they've clung to it, and they don't let it go. There's this holding fast, which would probably also mean a constant um, reminding of ourselves. Hebrews 2 talks about that. Yeah, you've been hammering Hebrews 2 for Hammers. this whole year. Yes, it's so important for us to constantly, and forgive me, 
it's it's one of the three questions I ask myself every single day. <laughs> Try to. Let's go six out of seven days so I can pass the integrity test. Yeah, smart. Um, what do I need to remember about the gospel? One of the three questions I ask myself almost every single day. What do I need to remember about the gospel? If I pause and remember who Jesus is, his great love for me, his great sacrifice to display that great love, this day changes. Today changes. The way I move through this day will change if I begin my day remembering who Jesus is and what he has done for me. So, Some high-quality soil you got there, Morris. <laughs> and... It's because I've been a recipient of it. It's it's Jesus, you know, backing up the truck, beep, 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 dumping beautiful soil. Um, and what happens? You take muck and mire that we talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And and you add a whole bunch of really fertile soil. What happens? Good things. Good things. Wow. All of a sudden, the muck and mire is not the primary player there, right? It provided some space, some some water, some natural nutrients, and then Jesus comes and dumps a truckload of good soil for us to use. That is beautiful, and probably a reason for us to be thankful, right? Totally. You've been talking quite a bit lately about gratitude. How does gratitude impact us as good soil? Gosh, that's a tricky question. How does gratitude impact us as good soil? Gosh, that almost doesn't even make sense to me, but I know what you're getting at. Well, if Jesus is dumping good soil to us, and he is the acting agent, and he's the one that's allowing us to not dwell in the muck and the mire and be stuck in the bog, but have a place where fruitfulness is not only possible but probable how how does gratitude play in that i'm just thinking about people who are struggling in the world right now how we kind of open open this up and to add jesus to the struggle will yield beautiful things for the people around us I think that's an important thing to cling to. I don't know if I'm quite answering your question, but if on any given day, if I'm feeling like garbage and then I invite Jesus into those moments with me, into the situations, I can help people. That's a big piece of my mission, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I get to help people on a daily basis. And I hope I'm answering your question, but it might be too smart of a question for me. No, I loved it because what I heard you say was um, we, when we come somewhere, we get to be a little agent of Jesus's soil and seed. Jesus brings the big truck yeah, <laughs> and dumps out. And we might just bring a handful of, of soil and seed into a relationship, into a situation, into a difficult work environment, into a difficult uh, parenting environment. And playing with that, let's just say we're walking around with some soil and some seed. 
we put that down into a relationship. Why is it that we expect there to be an immediate beauty and blessing from that? I've, I'm guilty of that constantly, almost on a daily basis. I, I try to be used by God to bring some soil and seed into a moment in someone's life, into a situation, into a circumstance. And I'm not thanked. There doesn't seem any visible benefit to that. Seed isn't flowering yet. Uh, The grain isn't growing yet. So what do I need to hold on to then? I'm walking around with soil and seed, bringing Jesus and his soil everywhere I go. What do I need to remember as I'm passing that out around me? That you're not the great gardener. Oh, 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 whoa. You need to say that again and say it slower and maybe a little louder so the cheap seats can hear it. (laughs) We need to remind ourselves that we are not the great gardener. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. He he is he is the gardener. He is the one who's going to allow those seeds to sprout in his way in his time, right? That can be frustrating though. And we're allowed to be frustrated with ourselves, with other people. This is just a challenging world that everybody's trying to navigate. I think about this often, that everybody just deserves a leather jacket with some patches on it saying, I survived 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. (laughs) The past couple of years have been really, really challenging for people. And everybody's moving at their own pace, trying to navigate this funky world in which we're living and some of us are doing it better than others at a different pace than others and it's easy to get frustrated with ourselves and with other people and say oh you're not at where I think you should be I mean I'll look at my own family and say I wish you guys understood where I was at I wish you understood me I wish you were growing in these areas And they're probably saying the same thing about me and saying, I wish you would grow more in these areas. But it's important to step back and just be like, we're not the gardener. Yeah. And so good because why I like that, Jesus is the gardener of our own heart and soul, right? God, the Father, he's he's the one who's orchestrating this growth. We don't necessarily know what kind of seed he wants to sprout in and through us, right? Oh, I heard a story the other day of my mom who went and helped my uncle out by planting some new flowers out in front of his, his but he was like 98 years old and he's really old. And she, my mom wanted to beautify his place. She, she planted these beautiful flowers out in front and he got furious with her. Interesting. He was so mad. And he said, I had some tulip bulbs out there and you tore up my tulip bulbs and now those aren't going to grow up. And They just hadn't sprouted yet. <laughs> your parents might want your seed to sprout differently than God does, which is, I think is such an interesting thing because there's, 
There's voices all around us. We keep talking about that on our podcast, but I think it's good to reset. There's voices all around us that are saying, do this, do this now, do this quicker, do this better. And it's like, okay, well, thank you for this suggestion. I probably need to consult with the master gardener to see what he wants me to be doing. I'm just curious to see how God's going to use people in the thorns, people on the path. Even if things don't take root with people, that doesn't mean that they don't have a role to play in many a story, right? Well, yeah, and I think that's why this good soil concept is so important. I mean, in the first one, the original language was you you understand it. You The pieces pit, fit together and there's a light bulb. Ah, this makes sense. All right, this this is good. Um, in the Luke passage, it's it's something that is held fast to that we hold on to who Jesus is and what. And in this, the Mark passage, it says, "Good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it." It's to 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 receive along one side to take to receive it with a warm reception or an embrace. Have we embraced Jesus? Have we given him, given him a warm reception in our life? Have we allowed him to come alongside of us? Jesus is talking about seeds and soil, but he's talking about himself. Have you allowed me to come close to you, close enough for you to embrace? The good soil is the one who says, oh, Jesus, there you are, and gives him a warm embrace. Thank you for what you have done for me. Mm-hmm. What's the major takeaway that we should be pulling from this and sharing with other people, either verbally or non-verbally? What could somebody who's listening to this do today to share this message, share this space? I find it so liberating to hear that I might have been amongst the thorns in different chapters of my life, but that I can go back to the good soil. I, that is some of the most encouraging news that could ever exist for me is that no, you're not, you don't have to stay in the thorns if you don't want to, you don't have to stay on the path if you don't want to. I find that deeply encouraging. And maybe you answered your own question. <laughs> this world needs hope. You need hope. I need hope. We all need to see people who are living lives. Jesus said these people, this good soil life will be a fruitful life. Right. Fruitful as he determines it, which is fantastic. And when we see someone living a fruitful life, it is encouraging. It's like, oh, is that what it looks like to walk with Jesus? Is that what it looks like to be grateful? Is that what it looks like to think more about other people than you're thinking about yourself? Um, to me, there's a religious way to look at this passage and a relational way to look at this passage. We look at this through religion, and it's like, okay, I can't be just, uh, you 
know, deceived by wealth anymore, and I can't let the worries of life choke me out anymore. And I am going to look at myself, my behavior, and try by my own effort to change my own soil. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about this conversation. It's like, whoa, in your initial question, can Jesus change my soil? Yes. Right question. That's where we start. We start with Jesus, and we start with saying, change my soil. This is my heart's desire. I want to understand you. I want to hold fast to you. I want to bring you close to me, and then I'm just going to let the dirt and the seed do its thing, and that will take time. That will take time. This doesn't happen overnight in our lives, in relationships. What's a message you want to tell people who are really in the thick of the thorns right now or withering away on the rocks or hanging out on Satan's path? What's something that you would want to say to somebody who is there? Boy, it's it's a good question. And I don't know if, if I had 10 minutes to think about it, I might come up with a different answer. But my answer right now is, the fruitfulness that's available with a life with Christ is beyond anything we can possibly imagine. Mm. Pragmatically, sometimes we we approach the Bible and Jesus to say, all right, what's what's the ROI gonna be, right? What's my return on investment? I'm gonna give God, I'm gonna give you this. What's gonna be the outcome? The other day you and I were in a Bible study. And uh, I asked the question, what's the payoff for living God's storyline, right? Let's just change that question and say, what's the payoff for allowing God to be the gardener, right? What's the payoff for me if God's the gardener? And you insightfully changed the pronoun, as we've talked about in other episodes, and said something beautiful. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, but I want you to say it. You're on a roll today. (laughs) You said... Uh, maybe it's not about me, maybe it's about we. What is the payoff for us if God is the gardener? And that significant shift in pronouns, what's in it for me, what's in it for me? (gasps) What's in it for us? What if we make this a we game? It's exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross. If If he was living a me game, he would have never gone to the cross. He was living a we game. And he says, I want a relationship with you. Unfortunately for me, it costs my life and separation from the Father on the cross. And to show you how much I love you, to show you how much you're worth, I'm going to do that. I needed this uh, conversation today. I need these conversations every week. It's I love that people listen to this podcast and get enjoyment out of it and share it. But I love having these conversations. This is just like so uh soul nurturing. And I think we all need that in these uh I don't know, unpredictable times, tumultuous times. Yeah. 
this is this is fun space because you have an honest seeking heart that wants to know God and walk with him. And it's fun to take an honest seeking heart to the Bible and say, God, what do you have for us? And uh, God meets us there in incredible, powerful ways. We once again want to thank Go Ministry International for sponsoring our podcast today. We, we say it each week. Uh, They're a great group of people who really want to see soil and and seed spread around our relationships and our business in our homes. And they're praying to that end. They gather and they pray that the seed of the gospel would find good soil. And um, we thank you for joining us and hope you were inspired and blessed by this. If you were, go take some Jesus seed and soil to the places where God nudges you today. And just let it do its thing. Let the master gardener do his thing. Thank you. Have a blessed day.